that happen, but better than you ever had it. You are rocking with the Wednesday Night A Show. That's right. It's the AE Double Dudes. It's me, you, and the Zoobs, too. It's me, Uthuru Simza, Josh Custodio, breaking down dynamite with my co-host, the co-most, the man of 100 likes. There's no underscore between the and Zoobs. Good evening, Zoobs. How are we doing tonight? Feel good. Feel good. It's nice to just have a, it was like a nice stew, just like a, a nice wrestling match show. At the end of at the end of a, a long hard week, in the middle of a long hard week, if you will, Wednesday night, you get that mm, just, a, just a nice, fulfilling wrestling television show. So I feel great. How do you feel? Yeah, in some ways, Wednesday does feel like the end of the week, or at least like I look forward to Wednesday. This is the front arc of the week, right? Come it's on. like okay, got to get to the dynamite and the AWs. We'll get to all your follows and subscriptions in a moment, and we'll talk to Matt. Lots to come. Uh, but in that same breath. Uh, I completely forgot what I was talking about. What a Come what a hot on. start to the show. Completely lost my train of thought. I asked how you were feeling. I feel great, brother. It's great to be here with you and the Brainiacs on a Wednesday. As always, nowhere I'd rather be and nowhere you'd rather be right here. Break it down. Uh, I agree. A stew of a dynamite, Zoobs. Uh, a stew of a dynamite. Let's check in. I, I flubbed up the banter. Here's Matt's chance to dump <laughs> on me. Uh, we'll, we'll check in on the, the, the producer with the most. Hey, Matty, how are we doing tonight? Come on. We're doing great. We're doing great. I'm noticing how my uh, five sub song is not playing. I apologize. Mm, I'll, you just uh, want to sing it live? Uh, thank you. I can't remember what I say, uh, but it's uh, very generous. Very generous nonetheless. Thank you for being generous. I do want to say in the post-show show today, uh, it's going to be very exciting. I'm in a haunted office. Uh, apparently, there are many ghost sightings Come that have on. occurred in this very room. And uh, I want the Brainiac's advice later on uh, how to handle it. Do I want? Do I want these things? There's a whole. There's a whole lot going on here. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, Come on. that's what you could look forward it. to in the post-show show. What are? What if I fuck up for one yeah. week and Matt's like plugging things for later? A seamless no entry. No <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what I meant to say was. Uh, <laughs> Howdy, y'all! Yeah, there's the Matt we know and love, eh, Zooms? That, that's a little more the, the guy we're used to. Mercy me. Um, yeah, and doing it all through... There it is. Thank you for the gifted subs. Five is, very generous. Five is very generous. Five is very generous. And we thank you. Very generous. So I think what happens is I don't think it plays for the anonymous when you when when a not when a, you a donate five anonymously I feel like you, it doesn't it must be a different thing Come right that never seems to play the five donated song but it does when you put your name to it so we'll we'll have to come up with something there uh, right. but thank you I'll, I'll run through this let's Sometimes let's run through this please do wow, it's business. been going crazy and then after Let's saying that subscribe to Wrestling Brain using Prime it's easy. Thank you. What a perfect yeah. segue. People, look at the people showing up tonight with like, <laughs> let's help them produce the show. Uh, it's the first effort. of the month. <laughs> they know the bills let's are in. Let's go wrestling That's brain. <laughs> They're helping us out. I'll start at the beginning of the show. It was pace foul. 23 months, one month away uh, from two years on here. Chris Bolding, subscribe with Prime. As just mentioned by Fruits Edible. So easy to do. It's free. You already get one if you have Prime somewhere else, which we've seen the stock price. You do have it. Pretty good chance you have it. Uh, it's going up, and they're laying people off. And uh, you know, the only way for you to combat that is to is to give us your free uh, Prime <laughs> sub. Kyle ninety eighty been around for three months. Look at that, Kyle ninety eighty. Welcome, Kyle. Thanks for that. Three months. Appreciate you sticking around. Uh, Qui Gon Jin and Juice eleven months, one month away from a year. 
uh, I may have gifting out the community subs and then the hype train gets going and the anonymous gifter gives us five. That's why you heard come on five times in a row. And then it was McVanderhuge giving out seven community subs. And then it was Fruits or Edible resubscribing with Prime and mentioning how easy it is to subscribe with Prime 25 months for Fruits or Edible. Fruits are edible. Pardon me. Got all the way through it right to the end. And then Torque Penderloin, 22 months, has been subbed to Wrestling Brain. Thank you, everyone, for your support. Uh, this was a very me dynamite. I'm in a great mood. And uh, nothing like the support of the Burianiacs to, to complete that. Look who came to visit us. My, my beautiful cat Midge is so much lazier than she used to be. Uh, she wanted on air tonight. Saying hello to everybody. everybody. Everybody's pitching in. We're t- it, it, we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Midge knows she drives business. Come on, Cat. I told you every Wednesday. Every Wednesday you're up here on camera. AW is back. Everyone in the chat's pitching in. Matt's pitching in. We got we got stories for later. Matt's subjected himself to a haunted house. Uh, that was for the show. That's for the show. That's for radio. I can't. There's no way I'm going to miss the post show show now, right? Normally you're like, ah, show's been on for a while. I don't know. We're gonna, you know, who knows what's going to happen. These guys talk about sandwiches again. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is dozen. Matt told the saddest story I've ever heard in my life. I think two weeks ago on the. the Yeah, that was a tough one to come back from. I was like, oh, uh, what's your favorite holiday? (laughs) (laughs) But now he's in a haunted house, so who knows what's going to happen? So stick around for that. That being said, Josh, it's time we said thank you. We set up where we are and where where we are like going to be. We should take the poll of the nation. Let's do what we do best. Zoobs, I think you said it better than I ever could. Maddie. on a scale of one to seven, one being the worst, seven being the best, get ready with that music because the Brainiacs are about to rate tonight's Dynamite. They didn't spend money on it, but they did spend time. Thank you, Ashton Kutcher, for the sub to Midge. For Midge, I should say. (laughs) And Maddie, hit the music. One. Two. (laughs) Three. I got to tell you, the scores look high. It's a good night to be a score. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is, isn't it? I, I, I'll say it's a tough night to be a five around here. I'll tell you that much, baby. Yeah, you're very lonely. Uh, <laughs> let's jump in. I'll machine gun through the score. Zoobs, you can keep track. We'll get an average here. Penderloin with a seven. Sam Fels with a six. Culture of Losing with a seven. Nibble five with a seven. I am Ahab with a seven. Maddie Mac with a seven. Bobby Brutus with a seven. Qui-Gon Jin and Juice with a six. Hard seven from baseball. Fruits Red Bull with a seven. Ashton Kutcher with a seven. Corbacks 1266 with a seven. A seven from Hard to Bull. DAK. My name is Will with a seven. Hi, it's me, RL with a seven. Cadenza with a seven. Trillium McGibbs with a seven. Brick Mittens with a six. King1717 with a seven. McVanderhuge with a seven. Vacant Planet with a seven. No cool. This is with a seven. Geesbrecht with a seven. Jay's Retro with a seven. Area Thrasher with a seven. And C Sapa 55 with a seven and a slew of come-ons in there. I say come on back to you as a very high average, Zoob. Goodness, what, could, could we be at the coward seven there, 6.75? I think as an average, we're at a coward seven. Only three people didn't vote seven, and they all voted six, and, and I don't know that that would be uh, enough to pull it down. I think that's a coward seven by the, by the, by the chat in general. I'm very impressed. Uh, yeah. Really just felt like a top to bottom. You know what it sort of reminded me of? I was mm-hmm. thinking about this as the sevens were rolling in. Um, and it's like, it's like you know, not the good old days, not a classic AEW Dynamite episode of like, this felt like the pre-punk 
prime era, mm. right? Where you're like, just like, oh, great show. Uh, you're just getting great stuff. And it, like every match is very good. And then I also felt like it felt like a, a, a leveled up version from that, right? Like yeah. it was it was that style of like the whole two hours is great wrestling. And then leveled up like the, the just sort of the, some of the substitutions they've made some of the people they've added the the you know you had the you have the classic Darby main event uh showing he can sh- like get it done and you also have a classic Samoa Joe main event and they also have a classic Samoa Joe versus Darby main event like it really pays off the main event is really really good and pays off a really good show like this um where you have different characters you have different uh things different kinds of matches different matches that are good for different reasons um a really strong cover to cover dynamite tonight thank you for the follow bay bay 316 and thank you for putting it so well zoobs uh yeah seven for me a rocket ship of an episode one of these where you you can't believe we got to do the show in 15 minutes i'm like rushing to scramble to get everything together because i'm like oh whoa whoa whoa, main event starting oh okay i guess i better uh get to it because you're right there was some great or i mean not some i mean there was a very high standard of in-ring wrestling on the television program tonight. But I also thought there was some nice angles set up for weeks to come, uh, things that I'm looking forward to on the horizon. And we're not even into the three weeks before Revolution. We know that AEW really likes to start their pay-per-view builds three, four weeks out. That's the, I think, first week of March. So we're our first weekend of March. So we're still a little ways out from that, this being the beginning of February. And I think last week, this week, and next week on Dynamite, the last two weeks on paper, and then uh, next week, in theory, uh, have really been strong. Uh, tonight's my favorite dynamite in a while. Just a, an absolute corker. I, I kept thinking, oh, follow this as mm-hmm. this match. And then all the matches were just like, okay, I will. I will uh, follow that and maybe even escalate it in some cases. And of course, we'll be getting to all of that top to bottom on the show. Also tonight, Zoobs, the debut of a new segment. I can't wait. Uh, I've told Zoobs nothing about this. I know uh, it's a new because segment. it's not especially creative and uh, it barely counts as a, a new uh, thing we invented, but we're going to have fun with it nonetheless. Uh, that'll be halfway through the show. Maddie's Haunted House stories in the post-show show. All of that to come on tonight's A-Double Dudes. Let's dive into it. As the horrible music of Dynamite plays, it is interrupted by Wild Thing. Here comes Big Fucking Mox from the ramp through the people and to where he belongs in the ring. And a, a rare gear miss from Mox, I thought, here tonight, wearing uh, baggy pants that had, like, uh, tribal armband barbed wire around it. Maybe it sounds cool when I'm saying it, but uh, I don't know. And it says, like, Mox vertically up and down. I don't know. It felt like very high effort for John Moxley, if I'm being honest. What, what did you Did you even notice uh, Mox's look tonight, Suits? He's got his dad with him. Noticing that, he's got his, got his dad with him. Come How on nice now. Things that? Just- things to start uh looking at and pointing out uh he looked, looked like he looked like an ohio man in those pants <laughs> i don't know what to tell you <laughs> he's like this is a crazy guy from ohio uh sort of very much fitting in i think it was uh it's not my favorite mox look but it works for me in dayton uh that that makes sense to you yeah okay that that does make sense i haven't been there but i think in just you saying that i know you to be a scholarly man and one who that explains it just contextually uh Torque Penderloin letting me know we currently have twice the amount of viewers as Vince Russo. And uh, <laughs> I, I just want to tell you a big shout out to the Brainiacs, anyone who came out here. That means something to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, that that's great, bro. There's no swerve here. Uh, that, that That's great to me. Um, I, yeah. Baby 316 saying, Mox Daddy, that moment, dude, Mox's dad, it reminded me of Miz's dad. I just find this stuff very affecting in pro wrestling where like I would, 
like to give my father an opportunity to be to be as obviously proud of me as they right. are here. Like right. Mox's dad is coming unglued for his son here. Like Mox is maybe three feet in front of him. He's like <laughs> pointing with both fingers, like ah, Moxley, like just losing it in their home <laughs> state. If this doesn't swell your heart, I mean, I, I don't know. This this really gets me going in in these moments. I get a, easily affected by a father son or sibling stuff in media, and I thought this was a a very nice moment. I love George Mazan. Now, we didn't get the great, you know, horrible fight pose out of Mox's dad. In fact, I would imagine <laughs> if Mox is an apple tree situation, Mox's dad could probably throw hands. But uh, a very nice moment that you're right to point out, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, that was sort of my that, that overshadowed the gear in my uh, in my opening impression of Mox here. <laughs> As it probably should. Um, he is met, of course, by the hangman, Adam Page. And so. I really liked this dynamite and I really liked this match. Unfortunately, like I thought I was going to hate tonight's dynamite just from like the first 30 seconds of it. I like these guys' entrances. These guys, you know, the whole thing's been about knocking each other out and tough guys are going to come out slugging. I'm imploring everybody. If you have a means of rewatching this match tomorrow, hangman rushes mocks at the beginning of this match or the, before the match, I should say, uh, leaves the ring. They're doing the brawl on the ramp thing. Hangman opens with the softest punches I've ever seen thrown at a rep. The very first piece of contact these two have is a this tier, like he's doing this to Mox. <laughs> I was like, okay, we gotta, I, I don't, we don't want to get right to it, but you can't, you can't race at the guy and then hit him as lightly as humanly possible. You are, you are a tough, you're a tough lover sometimes, you know, you, you want it to be just perfect and flawless. I, I loved you for it. Of these two guys, I just, these Mox brings the viciousness like that is maybe his chief trait and I think he brings that out of opponents too in a really cool way and listen they more than made out uh, up for it good lord these two end up bludgeoning each other although even that said Mox is hitting Hangman in this match pretty consistently a lot harder than Hangman is hitting Mox like I noticed this at multiple points the the kicks that Mox is belting him with um the the very did did you take notice the very intense back rake yeah, Mox. Man, he gets that. He sinks that back rake in. Look out! I tell you, you want to talk about a tough lover? Because um, <laughs> I think when we think of back rake in uh, pro wrestling, we all think of the Hogan. Like he's just sort of doing yeah, this and stomping the... his foot. And, yeah. yeah. Whereas, like the camera is zooming in on Mox, just being like, "Fuck you, man!" Like th- this is good <laughs> stuff. I thought uh, from these two guys, uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Juice, proud that he doesn't get it. Uh, Herbal the Egg saying. <laughs> Mox held it with his dad and his child, Wheeler Yuda. Yeah, that's a good point. It was a family affair for the, the Moxleys. Um, this yeah, really how did, feel, how did you feel about seeing Wheeler Yuda? Speaking of speaking of seeing something you didn't expect to see. And he has he has uh, uh Cesaro there as well come up eventually, right? How do you, yeah. you what do you think about the a nice return after we talked about that last week? I think. Yeah, uh, nice to see the BCC uh remembering that they're friends and hang out together. Yeah. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean you see Claudio and you see Mox and you go, boy, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't especially want to tussle with these guys. And then you see Will or Yuda and you're like, hey, you can maybe tussle with this guy. <laughs> if you had to. You well, know. there was two on two. Yeah. <laughs> like, me and you. Oh, wait, hang on. Me and you. I mean, then, then you can... him and then bada boom. I would pick the three of us against the three of them. If Wheeler's there, we, we don't have a, a weak link on the spoke. Maddie, you and I, we, 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 we'd handle them. No problem with it. Yeah. And the, and the chemistry, right? That's, that's the real advantage you'd have. They'd see you and Maddie talk and think, we got to back off. These guys are going to be flawless in ring. <laughs> um, 
this match really picks up on a dead eye kickout spot. I think it's smart of Hangman to not use the dead eye all that often. I hadn't really realized it because it's not often a pinning spot. Like he's done it through the table and like in spots where it can be used to affect, but I don't think on its own it's generally a pinning spot for him or hasn't been for a while. But it really yeah. brings the crowd alive when Mox kicks out at two here. And then this match gets going into a real beat em up fest, including. I don't know if this is Mox like shouting out his former shield mate, uh, Dean Ambrose, but he does an insanely sick sh uh, small package driver, which was uh, Tyler Black's finisher back in ROH. Um, man, I, I just thought that this was really, really fun and brutal. Uh, you were you were largely in favor of this match, I imagine. Yeah, and like um, you mentioned something uh, before, like glad to see that there's such great. Um, like opponents for each other like you sort of yeah. it was but you never really know with chemistry and it's like they've had three absolute uh absolute corkers like uh i've just i've just enjoyed the heck out of them they really are um their similarities and differences really do make for a interesting pairing for both of them so i'm, I'm happy they they had a third one right and it also ended up really delivering in, in a way that I, the, the last one certainly did as well you know when Brock Lesnar was a coach of the the UFC's reality series the ultimate fighter uh, he sort of famously told the people that he wasn't impressed with on his team not to worry because he was going to turn their chicken shit into chicken salad. And I just really think that that's what Mox and Hangman have done here. Like you consider, like it was not that long ago, Hangman was knocked out cold and it was sort of weird to come on air here. And we weren't exactly, it had sort of a dark cloud over the feud, sure. if anything. They have built that moment into the center of this view. This, these matches, are we like them so much because the story they are telling in ring is who will aim for one another's head and be left standing at the end of it. And uh, I just really thought, you had touched on it there, I wouldn't have guessed these guys had the chemistry in ring that they do have. You, If you only had them wrestle once or twice a year, you could do this for a decade and no one would get sick of it. Like they're... Yeah. You and you could bring them the together alignment. and push them apart. Yeah, absolutely. A million. And, and would have you have guessed these guys for that sort of could-be nucleus for AEW that I think they are, Zoops? I mean, it's funny. It sort of has been there all along, sort of right in front of our face, right, <laughs> where you, you get into the pushing and dreaming on the new guys, the new matchups. But, like, at the heart of it, the company really is um, built on, on Mox and Hangman. Like, that is sort of the soul the actual like soul blood of the or of the company of like what it got to the point where you could start adding these crazy people and adding this roster and having these big real problems the champagne problems if you will uh in the company of like too much talent we have too many guys we you know, we know what i mean oh um absolutely these, these guys, it, it does feel right it does feel right to me that these are the these are the guys and i'm happy that i'm happy that it pays off in the ring because you know it doesn't always work that way me too. And much like Ashton Kutcher put points out in the chat, I agree. I'm glad this isn't over yet. I think we're very clearly moving for a fourth match because these guys did something after the match that I love so much. Mox rolls up Hangman, okay? So Mox gets the win here. Bell rings, Mox has his hand up. But Wheeler and Claudio have to keep Mox and Hangman separate because commentary is putting over that this roll-up win, despite being a win for Mox, that isn't really what it's about for Mox. And he looks almost like pissed off, like, unsatisfied like he still wants at hangman even though he got the win here right this is awesome this, this is like not all wins are equal and somebody and and mox has done that on the other side too where he's like if you want to act like mjf cheating to beat me is equal to a win you do that but if we fought i'm the favorite this is that in reverse in a way that i think is just really 
clever and more interesting than the babyface babyface matchup should be. Um, I don't know, man. Everything about these guys is working. And my question for you, Zoobs, is do you think we see these guys at Revolution? Do you think the fourth match, even though Mox is over on them two and one, does this get stretched out another five weeks and get blown off in a pay-per-view match? Or are we done uh, with it for now? Oh boy, good question. I think we might get one more. Um, I think that I think we might because um, they haven't really like main. You know, I guess they have main events with, with with the other one, but like I really feel like you need like a main event blow off. This again, like as you said, it certainly didn't seem like the end, and I don't know that it was strong enough for yeah. them to go their separate ways on. It's sort of like that point still is left unproven, and it as you read, it wouldn't sit well with uh, with Mox. So I expect a stipulation. I expect they're gonna they're gonna push like a last man standing or. Whatever I it may be, I think they're gonna have last man one standing of those. matches suck, but uh it would it would be cool if they found a like even they can just do like KO only or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, I quit match, maybe. Oh <laughs> now that would that would really make some tension, you know? If they're you know, oh I'm not gonna say it, you know, something like that. <laughs> Boy, that would uh, <laughs> really build a moment between two uh, guys, you know. It's like their, their feud, it hasn't been built to like Hell in a Cell, but it would suit it. Like, I don't know. Last Man Standing, I mean, those guys would obviously have a good Last Man Standing match, but they've had yes, such I. great matches that st sticking them with a rough step isn't... Uh... Anyway, uh, one more on Dynamite, says Area Thrasher, that uh, Hangman wins, putting them at 2-2, game five for all the marbles at Revolution. That could be, that seems like a good guess to me. Yeah, why not? Jeez. And okay. I would have absolutely no complaints. Oh, hi, it's me, RL, saying a lights out match. Yeah, that that that's what I would like to see. Yeah, yeah. let them tie, let them go 2-2, two, two, and then go unsanctioned. So no matter who wins that match, they fight to the death, they, whatever the KO spot is that finally finishes that. But they are still 2-2 two, two on the books, and that's how you can return to the feud with mixed alignments down the road. I, I think we I think we got their team. Great work, Zoobs, Matt, and the Brainiacs in the chat. That's uh, That's what they should do. I believe in the chat. That's why I believe in the chat so much. That's why it must be a live show. Stuff like that. Uh, Snake of suggesting a Mountain Dew pitch black match. Ashton Kutcher plus wanting them, I think, with a mellow yellow <laughs> lights on match. Uh, I think everybody agreeing that uh, soda needs to make an entry into AEW. Just kidding. Yeah, you know, I'm good. Remember the mimosa <laughs> match? Ugh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you like mimosa soups? Uh, I mean, yes, in that you're always sort of getting them like at, at an appropriate time right you're like in a you're good situation sort of, if you're having yeah you're exactly right so generally yeah yeah because you're usually in a good pretty good mood be candid at mimosa rare that you're in a sour mood for mimosa would you order a caesar over one if you're only getting one breakfast drink mm, i probably wouldn't i'm not a huge caesar guy but maybe as okay. i maybe maybe as i age that'll change it seems like a pretty common i'll turn 40 and i'm like that ah, never mind i'll have the caesar over and over as a bartender i could very much tell you that that seems likely maddie you want to weigh on in this one mimosa or caesar if i'm having one caesar yeah if i'm having more than one mimosa that's my exact take yeah ex i exactly agree uh fantastic start and the fight is not over is the distinct sense i am left with as a uh, hangman exits through the ramp and the combat club holds back mocks and we go to commercial break really strong opening i thought to the show Absolutely. Signifying uh, what, what would come the rest of the evening. I think really set the tone nicely. We move on to a Darby Allen Samoa Joe video package, letting us know that not only is this our main event tonight for the TNT title, it's also no holds barred. Uh, that's a great addition. 
uh i'm all in on samoa joe samoa joe was not only such a phenomenal wrestler he's like an underrated hardcore wrestler like i think people think of the necro butcher match but he is a great hardcore wrestler and uh getting no holds barred with darby allen which i mean who could you pot well you know that's the sort of match he is built for uh did this get the juices flowing for you zoobs did, did it bump the match up uh another notch for you to find out it was nhb uh i mean not really because like Darby Allen, I'm not, I'm not expecting holds to be barred. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it's a Darby Allen match. They're gonna, they're gonna have to call right down the middle. Like, it's... okay, but they did take full advantage of it in the main event. For, for what it's worth, they might have gone 100%. further than you were Listen, expecting. It paid off. But the, the honest question of at this time yeah, in the show, yeah. did it get me going? No. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, we then go backstage where uh, Jamie Hader's chilling. She's about to cut a promo. Would you believe this? She's interrupted. I, we we got to slow. Oh no, no, sorry. No, she's not interrupted yet uh the bunny has requested time speaking to jamie hater sure. which uh it's cool that aw works that way i like can I, who do i call to request a little time with eddie kingston well yeah gotta be a Enjoy. gotta be a agent for that a talent a talent yeah. pr i'm not very talent anyway uh they're talking <laughs> with the bunny and bunny is saying i know you're a fighting champion so why don't we fight why don't we have a title eliminator match this uh friday on rampage and Jamie Hader goes, yeah, I'm down. And I, I'm actually pretty, I think that's a good matchup, Bunny and uh, Hader. Hader is somebody who will get good things out of people. And Bunny, like, kind of has a, a means to surprise. Like, she's not always in corkers, but she can be, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, somebody that you like to see wrestle, dust it off every once in a while and show yeah. how, how deep the roster is. And uh, continue to have in-ring time for Jamie. She's, as much in-ring time as you can get her. Uh, in this spot is good news to me. So I, I I think that's, she's your top women's wrestler. Give her a bunch of matches and let her beat people she should be beating. I think that's a pretty easy formula to, to continue the, the extreme value that she's sort of tapped into here. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the setup. I like the the pairing. My only problem is these, these title eliminator matches. I've talked about it on the show before. I just don't like them. I, I just don't think they're like an especially clever booking thing. It's like, if you pin the champion in a match, you're the champion. Like that right. that's how it goes. It's not like, okay, well, you beat me. Now you get to fight me again. It's like, I don't know. It's just wonky. There's so many other ways to do that. We got two of those announced on tonight's show, which Agent Hing and AEW. But uh, regardless, you aren't gonna believe this. Jamie Hader gets interrupted by a video of Soraya and Tony Storm beating down Britt Baker. I think sort of the first clear babyface moment of Jamie Hader, maybe in all of AEW, besides when she's in Pittsburgh um i actually thought this was awesome uh soraya's talking about aw is hers and tony's house they have a past uh how do you like this jamie where are you now jamie takes off to find them uh as the beatdown continues i actually thought this was pretty effective zoob so you what would you think oh i'm happy to see uh you know we, we have a trust in some of the in the way some of the stuff can be done and i think this is nice it's sort of your your shifting things in, in this very clear way and sort of allowing fans that want to cheer for Jamie Hayter to mm. begin to have the reason to do it beyond like, you know, honestly cheering through a heel face dynamic early, earlier in her career, right? Like being on ostensibly a heel team, but being so over that people cheer yeah. for her to getting her like, all right, let's lean into this and embrace this and make this a natural thing. Cause, cause we've said many times the super over baby face is the most valuable thing you can get. Like it's, it's hugely important. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to see this is being in the direction, and I'm I'm happy to see a, a sort of an intrigue, uh, mystery sort of. You know, we'll see we'll see where the 
the daggers are hidden sort of here story because you could really go anywhere. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I agree. It can go anywhere. I think it probably will. The pairings will probably splinter off into singles and different iterations and whatnot. But uh, I'm along for the ride. I, I like most of these pairings. And just as the start of the wick, we're still getting Bunny and Hater, which uh, I'm interested to see this Friday on Rampage. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Y'all should be ashamed because everyone in Ohio loves the acclaimed is what uh, Max <laughs> Caster has to say tonight as he enters uh, the ring to take on Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd, the Outrunners. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought these guys looked phenomenal. I, I thought yeah, this, this is, is more of this in, in television. More of this. If you got to look like shit, this is how to do it. This is uh, experts in the field. I thought they looked like wonderful local talent. Uh, I was excited to see, and they got a little bit of uh, breathing room in this uh, sequence. There was, I thought this was not a lot of fun, but the acclaimed doing their version of a squash match i think is a, a nice thing and i don't have a ton to say about the actual matchup it didn't last that long but any impressions of the outrunners or, or this match this is what wrestling is all about uh the outrunners ostensibly i'm <laughs> i love it yeah <laughs> <laughs> two guys who look like that and want to fight absolutely right it's sort of like it's it, it that works in any town like that works anywhere you take it uh it's great thrilled thrilled to see representation like this on television my Discord was saying they've been on Dark a couple times, so uh, maybe I need to go back and see if they have some sort of hidden gem, uh, because I could definitely get into these guys. I'm telling you right now. It, it, it wouldn't take much. These, these guys could be my, you know, some of my guys in a, in a hurry. They, if uh, I saw that all elite pop up, I'm doing this. They've lost to the Butcher and the Blade before. Uh, there you go. That could be good for all I know. <laughs> the highest what? praise I can say about something on Dark. Yeah. <laughs> It could be good. Yeah. Implying, People doing their spare time on dark is none of my business. Implying, wow, <laughs> Zeus, come on! You're, you're complimenting it by implying that you're not going to watch it, Josh. Uh, really good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. could be good. Uh, Corvax twelve sixty six saying they got their asses beat by House of Black this week on dark too. So uh, there we go. They're just spending some time there. Uh, they looked there incredible this pace fall. That's exactly right. And Bobby Burritos. I'm wearing your shirt tonight. The the wonderful Exploder CC. Follow them on Instagram. The best wrestling shirts in the game. Bob Burrito saying, perfect 80s superstars jobber looking guys. That, that's dead on the money. Yeah. Uh, but this match is not really what this segment is about as the guns are out. Awesome and Colton. Uh, they come out. You know, you guys suck. You're always backing down from a challenge. And then Billy walks out. He goes, I've had enough of this. You guys settle this. Billy Gunn's walking out. And Colton Gunn goes, walk out. Yeah, that's right. Walk away. Just like you always did when we were kids. Whoa. And then the other gun goes, yeah, do what you did then too. See if you can find peace at the bottom of a pill bottle. I wouldn't say this stuff to my father. No, sir. No, sir. Indeed. This is, uh, um, I thought this was effective. Uh, I, I like these line crosses where I, in a real way, go like, even though I know that, of course, the three of them are laughing about it backstage. I, I thought this was very, very effective. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. That's how Gun Club can take. That's like we've seen many times over sort of bringing that honesty and that authenticity to yourself is what works in this company and what, what works uh, in general. So uh, if they can do it and do it right and they're willing to do it. Holy. You're not kidding. Holy is right. And, and we've remarked on this in short, but now that the match is confirmed for next week, we get our title shot uh, claimed versus Gun Club just on next week's Dynamite, which is wild. 
I can't believe this feud and how much it's escalated people up the card. Like it, it, it is border. It's like when we sort of had, I think you pointed it out, this arrival at team Taz, where it's just like, look at everyone who's been attached to this. Look, look at them then and look at them now. And they weren't always winning. You know, you, you have to give the, the guns aren't my favorite act on the roster. I like the acclaim quite a bit, but also not my favorite act on the roster. And the, the way they've seized this division with the exit of uh, FTR and the young bucks for a period of time is uh it really is incredible. I agree. It's uh, and it's uh, worth pointing out. Yeah, and 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 it, like, it's just yeah, it's just very awesome to see them step into it. Um, tag team wrestling is great, and you have this show that you know we've said many times to sort of feel like at the beginning was built around uh, elevating tag team wrestling was like one of the things they were super uh, always talked about in the uh, DNA. In the DNA, exactly right, and it ends up being like you see these you see these teams that are homegrown teams that you didn't expect when that first launch uh, to be like carrying that banner and continuing uh, to get over and to and to and to become talking points and to become like huge parts of the show. It's, it's awesome. Huge parts of the show is right, and Zoobs, another huge part of our show is, of course, the segment Keep It or Kick It, which we do three times <laughs> a show. Uh, this is the first one of those where I'm going to say a prompt that I pull from my wrestling brain, and you, the Zoobs, and you, the Brainiacs in the chat, will go over to your emotes bar and select either the Keep Emote, which means you like the prompt, you love the prompt, you want some more of the prompt, or the Kick Emote, which means you hate the prompt, you despise the prompt, and you never want to see the prompt again. Zoobs, are you excited for the first of tonight's three Keep It or Kick It's? I wait literally all day for these, so let's do it. Well, let me satiate that thirst, brother. Here we go. Very simple one. This statement. Next week on Dynamite, the Gun Brothers should pin the acclaimed and win the AEW Tag Team Champions. Chips. How are they looking, Zoobs? Oh, it's looking mighty fine. Uh, Josh, leave me in here. Uh, repeat the question and then I'll run through these. I love it. Yeah, the question here is, should the Guns next week win the tag team titles from the Acclaim? And thank you for reminding me. That's good to do for the Nasty Casties, too, at the end of that song. That's the keep it or kick it. We start off with Sam Fellows says, kick it. Qui-Gon Jinnah Juice says, keep it. And then a whole bunch of people say, kick it in a row. Is Cadenza. No clue what this is. Pace Fowl, Steak of Buns, Niblets 05, Good Friend Jake, I'm Ahab, Culture of Losing, C Seppa, and Corvax 1266, and oh, a on day one, all saying kick. Torpedoloin keeps it. Hi, it's me, RL, keeps it. Uh, McJib, Stone Cold ET, and Jay's Retro kick it. Will wants to see it. Ashton Kutcher wants to see it. Geesebrack kicks it. Uh, then we see a keep from Fander Huge. And uh, Charlie McGinnis says, I'll keep it too. So Lisa, I feel like the people who keep it really want to keep it. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people want to keep that acclaimed around with the titles. So and interesting. And what say you, V-Zoobs? Where do you come down on this one? I sort of, I sort of do want the guns to win. I really do. I don't I'm know. Saying, keep this. 
the Acclaimed they, aren't the toughest guys in the division. That's not their up, story. And they set it up perfect, right? They set it up perfect with Billy Gunn is the reason that this title shot gets gets made, correct? Absolutely. Billy betrays, goes with his sons. Makes makes perfect sense. And and the the line crossing that we had on the show tonight is sort of the perfect thing to cement the like the coming turn, right? It's like to, to, kids to, back. to your point, um they would they would obviously they know they are going to say that, but like it, it is such a useful device in that way. Um I think I'm gonna keep it. You and I you, in agreement. It's a hard thing to say to your father, but if you if saying it led to you winning the tag team titles. <laughs> Would you say it? Yeah, of course. I'd love to hold those straps. Me and you, the Sword and Shield? Come on now. (laughs) At this point, I'm surprised that we have it. (laughs) I'm going to go out and say we deserve it. No company booking fee isn't free. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, uh, it isn't cheap as free either. Let's just say that. Uh, Before (laughs) we get into this uh, interesting Jack Perry segment with Marvez Zeus, I'd love to take this opportunity to let people know that things are popping at patreon.com slash j zero. SHC, that's my Patreon, where $5 a month gets you into my Discord, where daily, hourly, minutely, the greatest wrestling talk is going down, as well as video game channels, general chatting. It's all going down in my Discord as well. You get access to all the solo episodes that I do back there. Last week's mailbag, and uh, I guess I'll say now the the debut of my uh, big piece this coming Monday, or sorry, this coming, next Friday, I should say. Not this Friday, but next. I believe it's the 10th of February. Uh, Outcome Shootopia. It's my series where guests and I watch shoot interviews. We react to wild things that wrestlers say. We contrast the truths that they all claim, despite them flying into one another. I have a couple in the can right now. They're a blast. Those Howard Stern month, TNA month, EACW month, all those series are behind the paywall at patreon.com slash J0SHC. Of course, if you like the music on this channel, if you love the soothing velvety voice of Maddie in the back, he does this for you. You can make your podcast or whatever recording project you have sound as good as ours. Reach out to Matt at Mr. Matty Pie on Twitter. He writes songs. He writes jingles. He writes commercials. He'll do your voiceover work. Reach out to him, uh, and, and you'll love the, the results. Listen to this show. We love the results. And Zoops, can you do me one favor? Could you tell me what's going on in the world of Less Than Jays, please? Baseball's coming back. We're on the way. We're we're, we're sixty days away from opening day. We're uh, we're uh, 15, 16, 17 days away from pitchers and catchers. We're right around the corner. It's it's almost back. And we had we had a Blue Jays signing yesterday. We got lots going on. So big time, big time. It's we're gearing up. The the giant is waking up. I'm I'm excited. I imagine you and Jake will have some like season warm up content or or whatever else as it uh, grows near. There's always a chance that happens, for sure. <laughs> you can't say for sure it won't. <laughs> All that and more, patreon.com slash less than Jays. I'm a patron, and you should be, too. Uh, Bobby Brudos really giving the best plug for my Patreon possible, saying he just made an exclusive Exploder Tees trench shirt. That's right. We found out the name of the tattooed <laughs> ba- uh, baseball player on AW Dynamite tonight in my Patreon. Bobby makes exclusive T-shirts. I'm wearing one right now. His Misawa shirt. You can get those again. Patreon.com. J0SHC. I can't wait to see this trench shirt. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> sick. That's pretty sick. McJibs is saying, and we we have to we have to call this out and appreciate it, Zoobs. McJibs in the chat saying, I'm normally a nasty casty, but I'm off today. So here I am. How do we how how highly do we praise that, Zoobs? 
that's as good as it gets. I mean, other than you know, the the words normal and nasty Cassie don't go together. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, but... you're a monster. Right? No, yeah, come on, a, a normal nasty. Okay, please. Yeah, it's uh, you, you got six heads and four arms to us, but uh, we appreciate you carving some time out of your schedule and uh, being here live with us, McJibs. That's great. Uh, because we we uh, you know nasty casties just mm, no good uh, but the brainiacs in the chat the best of the best and now plugs out of the way we head to the back marvez is with jungle jack perry what's next well it's no more jungle hook zoobs despite hook having his back when nobody else did jungle jack says i want to be singles champion this year i've been to the top of the tag mats and i fell all the way down i'm done with that this year i will be singles champion my review. This is all I have written about this Supersonic. So you you got to go heavy here because this is all I have written. A better proto, a better promo than Wheeler Yuta can do. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Uh, that's not it mean. is. It was a <laughs> Wheeler. Wheeler doesn't have this in him. It's gonna be an interesting journey for Jack Perry because um, I think we guess like I guess we all agree the easy it is sort of an easy way out of. Uh, the next year to do jungle hook because they are sort of like going to be super over and it it really could be a good run and have, have them go pretty far we'll see um it obviously makes sense it runs parallel with what he's um said and done in the past that he would want to be a singles guy and and i think you know everybody's expectations of him and the projections that you would make onto him is that he's a top singles guy or is a mm-hmm. mid top singles guy or is a singles guy in general um i agree with that so we'll see, right? This is sort of this is sort of the the guy we want to see. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been opposed. I think you like you keep kept it or kicked it a couple weeks ago. I wasn't opposed to more jungle hook. Just sort of like both guys getting over and getting ring time and and getting over only helps them to me. But um, yeah, this is gonna be a it's gonna be tough. He's gonna have to do stuff like this, right? The this yeah. is the this is this is what was so easy to paper over in jungle hook and what is so. Um, it, it, leaves you just a little bit short sometimes on on jungle boy uh solo as as, as much as like we always say the in-ring is always good and the matches the pay-per-views always pay off mm-hmm. um this has to be part of it it's just sort of the way the business is and i, I thought he was okay here like i i did think that this was i don't want to say improved because that would imply that it's good but it's it's he's on the right track you know like if he's dialed in and has clear goals and that that can be helpful to just like a direction in a promo uh, I'm going to ask you in the chat here, Zoobs. Do you view him right now? I'm not saying where he ends this year, but if he's saying I'm going to win a singles champion by years, a uh, singles title by year's end, would you currently slot him at the All Atlantic level or the TNT level? Where, where does he slot in for you right now? And and for the the Brainiacs in the chat too, where would you slot him? All Atlantic facing Orange Cassidy or the TBS scene against uh, now Samoa Joe or TNT? Sorry, TBS yeah, against Jade Cargill. I feel like it's the TNT. I feel like that sort of has to be cool. the level the level he is aspiring to. Um, I think that sort of it, it's always unfair unfair not to compare him to the other quoted pillar pillars, but that's sort of the level that they have had Darby at, and that sort of level um, that Sammy Guevara gets elevated to. Uh, so, like you sort of think that's sort of the playground he's supposed to be in as well. That sort of the that mix for you in that part of the card for you. Um, you've Show before that's the level of guy that you want in that spot so i think you know giving him a and i wouldn't even be opposed to him like having the darby slot for the summer where he's sure. either, either at the beginning or the end of the show is like taking on interesting opponents that 
you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of promos if it's if it's just a, like a week in week out workhorse TNT title run. So I think I would probably do that. That almost seems like the most odds on likely way for him to thrive, right? Just yeah. weekly open challenge. Maybe you don't even necessarily need opponents to the caliber of Brian, where, where he's had these, you know, Takeshton, uh, Thatcher, but people in that vein where it's like a little interesting, or like there's a coupling that seems like you could find those for Jungle Boy and then give yeah. him 15 minutes. And you're, I think that's really savvy of you to point out. I think that's probably the the direction that I'd be shooting him to. But I suppose as I say that he could do that with either belt and sort of as long as he's getting the TV time. Um, and I think we think the TNT is probably more guaranteed, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's, Hobbs it's versus true. Jungle Boy would be six as Torque Penderloin. I like the sounds of that. Yep, I more more Hobbs in ring. That's that's what I would like. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah, and I, I think I say that again just to close it out. Uh, mostly to mostly to say that I'm still not totally sure on the like the the trajectory of the All Atlantic is sort of. Mm. Um, wishy-washy but you never you know i mean it's sort of been a weird title to, to put a finger on um and i like uh sort of where it has been lately yeah me too uh, i think that yeah it feels not like it was bad before but certainly get orange cassidy is brought it feels higher card i mean orange cassidy's doing his job it feels higher card than i when they introduced the atlantic i was like why are they doing this like they just don't right. need another singles belt and orange cassidy has at least made it something where it's like okay it's your b tv title all right yeah i, I sort of understand this yeah Boy, we, we like to watch it to catch the match on television, don't we, Zoobs? Lucky us, huh? As you so famously once said, aren't we lucky to be alive at the same time as the Ace of the Universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi? What a, what a blessing. Do, do you ever get some of the same vibes uh, off of Takeshita? Not that I'm he's as good as the Ace, obviously. Right. Once in a hundred years. It hasn't been a hundred years yet. Uh, but but there is a specialness attached to the man, right? Yeah, he's he's really great at sort of holding. Uh, he's he's really grasped on to some real reverence from the crowd. It's just like you sort of, um, there's like a hush about just sort of observing him and just sort of like seeing him and being it. People in his presence, there's sort of like a, um, they're sort of really paying homage to. It's really it's really incredible. He's like a magnetism. I think I think is the word I would use for mm-hmm. what I'm trying to describe. It's like people feel really warm towards him um yeah, yeah. That, that, i think in that way he reminds me of the ace there's like an eternal baby faceness to him where uh and not from like in a fighting underway like he feels like a superhero in a great way um that said he has like slices of okada or the rock in him that i feel like sort of go underspoken about and are awesome like when he does the plancha and he does like the freeze midair before he comes down or he lands and does like the the wink to the camera and then he's back in like he's picking up on some of these more american wrestling things and i think that as he continues to sort of let the charisma flow which he's not lacking of but in ring doing more of those to the crowd taunts i mean it's just awesome to get him and watch wrestling i think brian cage is on uh you know i'm not gonna say a hell of a run in you know a hell of a run in a vacuum a hell of a run for brian cage i've really enjoyed his, his run of late tonight was no exception i thought he did not get drowned by the Takeshita star power and took a lot of this offense in big meaningful ways which when you're as big as brian cage really is lending something to to your opponent wow what the three-headed comp there was okada tanahashi and the rock what a Talk about speaking in, in airs about this kid. Um, yeah. exciting. <laughs> exciting. terribly. He's gonna be holding like the European title in a year. But it's, it's exciting to have these things. It's exciting to see these things early. That's part of the fun of um watching athletics sometimes, sort of like identifying it and being like, whoa, this is 
this is this could be the thing that like is incredible that this was even happening um and they seem to be happy to let it happen yeah sort of again we're so lucky to have the we're so lucky to have the show that sort of like you trust is like yeah that he feels like a big star and he continues to feel like a big star like they haven't is it just been smushed for no reason like just to teach him a lesson for two years like for <laughs> yeah, no for reason oh, well, he's um, from he's from dragon gate we got to show that they are a weak federation by beating their top guy um and i mean they're putting him in there with their top guy next week more on that later yeah and now we move on renee is backstage with the jericho appreciation society you know these guys uh Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara have put their heads together. If Ricky Starks really wants another shot at Chris Jericho, which I, I still don't understand why he does. He does? He's the one guy who's beaten him. He, he, does he, he want? Chris, why does he want more shots at Chris Jericho? He, he beat him. Uh, I know he just lost a tag match to him, but like, if me, if, if you and I go, you know, and we, let's say me and, and someone else, we throw down, okay? And then me and you tag team, and me and the other guy and his friend, they beat us. It, it doesn't take away that I laid out the other guy. That's right. It's I don't know. It's a little off, but regardless, actually, thought this promo and the explanation as to what's coming is a little bit interesting. It's stuff I want to see on TV because Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia have invented the Garcia Guevara gauntlet match, uh, and that's a match where Ricky Starks, if he wants a shot at Chris Jericho, is going to have to beat 2.0 first. Cool Hand Ange, then uh, Daddy Magic, which is I think a sign that Daddy Magic is probably cleared and no longer injured, which is good, yeah. unless for some reason like they get him out of this. But at least it's a great sign in that direction. Uh, and then he's got to move on to Guevara or Garcia. And then if he gets through them, and presumably he will, that's where we'll get the schism of Sammy and uh, Sammy and Danny. Uh, Sammy and Daniel Garcia, I imagine. Then he can get his uh, rematch with Chris Jericho. Um, I'm looking forward to these matches. So, you know, whatever. It's it's all good, I guess, to some degree. Like Ricky Stark's Daddy Magic, like, that will be must-see TV for me. Um, but in terms of like the road that he has to get through to earn his rematch at Chris Jericho. It's like the motivation is a little off, but I'm not going to get all that hung up on it. It's whatever. Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, oh, because because they beat you at a tag match where you were action at Dreddy's tag team partner. Yeah. It's like you couldn't tag with the least experienced guy on the roster and beat me. So <laughs> yeah. that's the line. I, maybe I beat you twice one-on-one, -on -one, but that's the line that handicapped with the worst guy on the roster. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. That's that was sort of my exact thinking there too, but whatever. Yeah. And now, okay, this this was not this was not good to me. Okay. And I'm sorry because people I was reminded of a double dudes of years past dudes because we're we're an old enough show at this point that we, we've got a little lore. Absolutely. And uh you might remember one of my least favorite, I would say one of my least received takes around these parts is that there's there's a version of heel Kenny Omega that I'm just deeply uninterested in. And right. I think underserves the the wrestler that he is. And I'm I'm sorry to report we we saw the in force return of that as the elite are hanging out at a, a high school basketball court. Fitting. And uh, Kenny's holding a basketball. They're here to call out Top Flight and uh, Ar Fox because you remember the Young Bucks lost to Top Flight in the tag match a couple weeks back. Yep. Um, Kenny's doing that. Oh, and then and then he says. Uh, if and if you come at the elite, you you best not miss. And then he gives the basketball to Nick, who who does to his credit shoot, shoots a very nice three pointer, and then says did that on the first take, which I thought was a a nice touch. <laughs> um, th this is just not the Kenny I want. We we got Kenny in the trios titles. He's being this guy again, the the, the theater kid. Ooh, ah, man. 
I just I just saw him against Osprey. Like I know he can. I know he. I know he knows he can. He know he knows how to. He can do it. Or I don't know. You remember when they were like, "Oh, we're at the golf course. Uh, Don Callis is a caddy. <laughs> Doesn't this title reign rule?" Like, oh, the, the world champion's giving a lecture to children. He. Sometimes you gotta let it, the theater kid be the theater kid. I don't, you know, sort of you. <laughs> You explaining it in that way, I was like, I unfortunately do sort of understand where Kenny comes from. <laughs> where it's like, <laughs> you're a weirdo. Sometimes you just got to act weird for a, a little, a little while. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to force you into trying to, to like it. That's for sure. Uh, they are then interrupted by the I, I don't I don't know how to say this the wonkiest team in AEW history. What are we doing? All ego, oh, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy are together still. Um, they say, "Oh, you guys are here, but you're not going to wrestle." Well, how about you wrestle us as a warm-up uh, on your way to the sixth round against the top flight of AR Fox this Friday at Rampage? And to the crowd's credit, they do get very excited that they're going to get to see um, the the Elite wrestle. I get that. Um, so on Friday, we get Ego, Hardy, and Cassidy versus the Elite. And we end this promo with Isaiah Cassidy going, are you ready? And then he goes up to Kenny Omega's ear and goes, <laughs> Uh, yeah the elite against whatever you call yourselves is pretty good because it's <laughs> yeah, true they yeah. literally what did they call themselves got him uh, all ego's gonna stop listening to whoever is guiding him into these directions holy yeah i where's what happened to the firm i felt like i mean they're still there but now because because stokes with them but it's yeah, also the firm the, is what now stokely no i think paying, will and lee he, are still there they, I, oh. and he's paying matt hardy and and private party yeah, now and firm. Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy like wants to make it right with Matt Hardy for the initial failed private party Hardy party run thing. Yeah, Bobby Burrito's is saying it was more of a sex noise in the in the ear. I agree. It, yes. it was it was more of a sex noise. I guess I wasn't fully wholeheartedly recreating it on air. I probably that was won't. Funny. That was funny, I'll admit. There you go. I I just wasn't into this segment. I'm Not grumpy about this stuff. This thing in particular is the stuff I don't like. Right, I, and the young bucks can be doing it. Just don't bring Kenny Omega to your level. I don't care if the young bucks are shooting hoops and and, and you know do, they're Dunkin' Donuts. I don't give a shit. Go go right on ahead. Go get your coffees, man. I don't care, but don't take Kenny Omega with you. We never miss. <laughs> Maybe this is what Hangman pulls him out with. It's like, hey man, come on. <laughs> a good friend jake and uh, thank you to our mods good friend jake and maddie matt keeping it clean in the chat tonight uh saying someone in the discord said this was a very bte being the elite segment that makes sense to me because that yeah i, I don't find that show we'll say i don't find that show very funny yeah zoobs loves it though <laughs> yeah, dude, i haven't seen an episode in i would say three or four years Hang on, how long, was, on. How long has the company been saying... around I, I haven't seen any since aew started i'll say that what? much Weren't you saying that one of your favorite John Silver was doing like 14 yeah, minutes John of stand up on there? I, I call him John Hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever the, what was it, Butch? Whatever the what, whatever the nickname. <laughs> yeah, but Butch. They, they tried to bring into the show, and I was like, "Well, you can't do that." See ya, Elite. Please stop. Uh, and we get a follow in there, Zoobs. Always nice when you get something from the Grave Digger 35. I hope that's named for the, the famed monster truck. I hope this is very wrestling, but can I go a little off topic about this? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that one in years. 
Cody just lost. <laughs> okay, that really threw me. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yes, it is based on the monster truck. Zeus, do you know that's that sick. there is like the original Gravedigger trains other Gravediggers? There's like six or seven. And they all go around and they drive like him and act like him, but he can be in a bunch of places at once. I did know that there were there was multiples okay. of the gravedigger. Yes, I, I did. I didn't know that he was the trainer, but I did know that there was like a a tacit agreement that if you go to the show, you see gravedigger. I'm not gonna have this argument because every time I brought this up, somebody goes, "There's no way." I'm telling you right now because I learned this the hard way. Monster trucks are a work. Yeah, you we we. I think the first time we met, we 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 dove into this. <laughs> That makes I remember me love this, me all the more. <laughs> I remember this from meeting you. I remember this from meeting you. Oh, that or you told somebody I know, and that person told me that you told I, them, and we looked into it. Um, that rocks. That is that brings me a, a great amount of joy. Uh, Josh, come to Monster Jam in Vancouver, says Cadenza. I would love to. When's that? <laughs> Good for Jake saying Yo, Del Grave That's basically what they're doing, legitimately. Uh, by Bruno saying, now that AW is doing house shows, they need to get Grave Digger team working on six John Moxley's. That's damn true. <laughs> Seventh offensive saw Monster Trucks live pre pandemic and it whipped ass. I agree. I've been there before. Matt, you weren't with Brock and I that night, were you? That was just Brock and I? Just Brock and I. Seats are only five bucks because you only need the edge. That's right, Paceful. And that was our diversion into Monster Trucks. But make no mistake, we are going to talk about two machines colliding as the top of the hour of dynamite brings us Brian Danielson. Versus Josh Barnett, protege, Timothy Thatcher. I'm sad this crowd didn't like this match as much as me because they were kind of dead in the middle of it. And it sucks to admit that about things you like, but I just got to, it just is what it is. Like I noticed the crowd was not as live for this as they were for the really great matches they had already had. Like maybe they were burnt for Mox Hanger, who knows? Uh, but to me, uh, I, I loved this match. This is, this is a me. A beat em up, some some fight, two guys fighting. Um, it's a it's a normal fight, but what if guys were working cooperatively so they could do cooler moves? Like when Timothy Thatcher has the chicken wing and Brian pinned up against the ropes and it's just like hammering his body. It's like that would be that's like a movie fight. Like that's what it is. It's still within the realm of believability-ish, but he's doing something you could never hold somebody in the chicken wing with one arm. But it opens him up for all these body shots. Like stuff, this match is just littered with moments like that. And I don't know. There's just something about it's fun to pay attention to because these guys, it's like television shows that think the audience is smart. It's like you're paying attention, so we'll include a lot of details. Like this match is all over that, building up to Brian having basically like a frozen shoulder or shoulder out of socket as Timothy Thatcher makes the weirdest faces imaginable. Uh, this was a, a fight on all fronts. I got more to say about it, Zoobs, but uh, what, do you have any takeaways from this one? Unbelievable. Yeah. To me, that Timothy Thatcher isn't British. Crazy talk. <laughs> I would have lost money on that over under. One of the most British guys ever who isn't British. Over under 0. 0.5 how British is uh, Timothy Thatcher. I'd have been like, that bloke? <laughs> Easy over. <laughs> Mortgage yeah. down. Um, that guy definitely calls the sausage a banger. So it reminds me a little bit of jazz. This one, I know this is gonna be. Okay, a, this okay, is okay. join me on this big leap here. You got it, brother. Happy to. Because you sort of mentioned the crowd is is a little quiet for this at, at points. It rem it reminds me a little bit of jazz, where it's like um, somebody who's real super into jazz puts jazz on. There's a chance, even if you don't like jazz, that you're just like you're like this is. You could ad admit that it's very good music, but I wouldn't blame you if you didn't wow. like jazz. You know what I mean? God, you nailed this. 
because like it's not it's just like it, this style isn't everybody's cup of tea. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Obviously, um, I love jazz. I mean, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, um, you know, you, you can tell it's a match that uh, Danielson wants to have the type of stuff he wants to do, the type of stuff that interests him. It's very clear that um, him and Thatcher coming up with stuff like this and being able to play in that creative way is like really fun for both of them and really good. And as you said, sort of like um, moments and spots get thought up, but they're not in the way that other guys think about them. Right. Where it's not like we topple over and there's like I throw this it's like because my arm goes here, you can go there. And like, we, this opens, like it was, it was really nice in that way. I'm sort of like uh, intricate, sort of how I'd say it. Um, but I can see if you were somebody who goes to the show and like looks for um, what you got in the main event, uh, then you would be like, huh, this is a, a different speed than me. But I think a testament to how good this show is, is like, there were so many different kinds of good match. Like we had yeah. this, we had the physical off the top, um, you know, North American style, you'd sort of even want to say you have the you have the incredible no holds no holds barred all over the arena brawl at the end. The women's match has that like fun, like diversion, like things are zigging and zagging, and you're looking all over the place, um, with also some great power. Uh, you have Brian Cage and Takesh. Like it really was like a bunch of different ways to have great matches tonight. It did feel like a pay-per-view in that way. Totally agree. Uh, I like this here from Paceball saying. It's not my bag personally, but a fun change of pace. And it's nice to see a diversity of styles on my favorite wrestling show. And I think that's sort of what you were opening up with their zooms, which is like, it is this buffet. It doesn't resemble the opening match. It certainly doesn't resemble the closing match. And for that reason, it's just, uh, you know, my, my taste in movies is slow and boring too. Like it's uh it's a, it's a consider you know you gotta bore the hell out of me for me to love something I suppose and uh, I don't know to run with your jazz analogy a little bit like two guys who just know this space so well much like master musicians are able to improvise in spots that they know are natural so it's like when these guys are linking up and Brian gets one underhook they both know the eight different ways that the other one's gonna go out of this and where they can go from there and it allows them to improvise in ways that you know I've, I've not giving criticism, but I've noticed a lot in AEW. Guys love to try, and women love to try the like pinning tricky combinations right. and like transitions. And so many of them just look like such dog shit. And then you just see these guys, and Brian gets this with most people, but when you see him really steer into the storm with somebody who understands catch wrestling to the degree that Timothy Thatcher does, it's like it's one thing. Again, and I'm going so hyperbolic with the comparisons tonight, but I can't think of a better reference for this than Bret Hart, where it's like the idea of like, oh, go out there and work a limb can be so dull. Like it can be heel heat to just be like, oh yeah, I'm going to work the guy's leg the whole match. Or yeah. it can be like a really interesting dynamic between two guys who know which way to roll and which way to swing the momentum. So once Brian's shoulder is fucked in this match, both these guys understand that's all Tim's going to go for and that's all Brian has to protect. And once that dynamic develops or story or whatever you want to call it in wrestling, they have me by the hook. I'm the fish being pulled out of the water. I want to see how this ends. I was even buying that I was like, can Timothy Thatcher win here and Brian like loses the Iron Man stiff? Like I legitimately was thinking at the end when MJF came out that Timothy Thatcher had a chance to win this match. And that, that hasn't happened for me on this uh, run. So deliberate, so wonderful. I'm not saying match of the year or anything, but this is the, the part of me that loves Kento Miyahara and, and the, the, this ilk of wrestling. It's nice to get fed a little bit. And uh, Josh Barnett for AEW one day, please, even though the young bucks hate him, let him grab him by the ankles and slam him together like symbols with a monkey winding up. But uh, anyway, loved this match. <laughs> and if I can, just one last thing. The Brian doing the yes, yes, yes kicks. 
the crowd goes, oh, and Tim Thatcher's just like, fuck that, and chop blocks the big kick coming in on the, oh, like the big kick he closes with. He just chop blocks with both arms, and Brian Saul's backwards. I've, never, I've seen that spot four billion times. I've never seen somebody do that. Uh, awesome. Just really, really fun to get into. Yeah. And again, just like very cool to get this in the show and and something I think uh, I really enjoyed that AEW does sort of I think pretty clearly is like gives these like gift matches to someone like Danielson. It's just like you just know that this is a, and obviously to Thatcher as well. You're bringing in somebody that doesn't work for your company and just being like it would obviously be a dream for this guy to, to work Brian Danielson on television. Like it's amazing. It's just it's amazing. Just that, that easy. We're, we're in this space. Uh, it's super cool. Thank you for the sip for the working man from our pal Culture Losing. Here's to you, pal. And Zoobs, this leads us. We will get into the post-match angle that includes uh, MJF and Takeshita, two guys we love to talk about. Before we do, we get to our second of three. Keep it or kick it of the evening. Of course, I'm about to give a wrestling prompt. And you, subscribers to Wrestling Brain, go over to your emotes bar. Get the keep and kick emotes ready for this <laughs> statement. Zoobs, I need to make clear this is not Ring of Honor, okay? Yes. Not Ring of Honor. Is this Ring of Honor, Zoobs? No, sir. Keep it or kick it, this statement, Timothy Thatcher is a full-time roster member for AEW. Play it again. No. <laughs> it's a okay. There we go. <laughs> Sometimes it goes Keep twice. It. Okay. I thought it was. Okay. Let him know, Zoobs. I start with Sam Fells uh, at the top of mind because my uh, chat re reset, so I apologize to the people. Before this, Sam Fells keeping, I may have keeping, Qui-Gon Jin and Juice is keeping, Pace Bell is kicking, Niblet's 08 kicking, Bobby Burrito's keeping, Culture of Losing keeping, Good Friend Jake keeping, Tark Prindelon keeping, Ashley Kutcher wants him in ROH, so he's kicking a kick from Corvax Close 66, who's saying ROH, a kick from Giesbrecht, a keep from Philly McGinnis, a kick from C. Suppa. ROH definitely in the path for him, adding on to Giesbrecht. Uh, we need Thatcher, Claudio, and ROH for sure. Says Bobby Burritos. I think so with the cash under contract. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Some contract discussion. But yeah, interesting. Full-time roster member? I don't know that the ROH... It's almost like the ROH makes me less excited. I know people, people wanting him to just sort of be around. I think I'd want him... I'd want him as part of like a... He should be in fucking uh, BCC. That's the kind of guy... Yeah. It, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that they're bringing along some young guy so now we have the best guy we could find he just doesn't talk fight wheeler yuda for that spot in bcc yeah uh easy keep for me here i think if he goes to ring of honor he's destined to just like be in pure title yeah circulation forever and i i think the the world of him i would really really like him to be uh a bit higher up there and it sounds like the people were were somewhat split but maybe uh favoring him in roh on whole yeah uh, and yeah, we get the announcement of Roosh versus Brian for next week, which I'm fired up for. But that's not it, as MJF is out here to spoil this match. But he is chased off 
by Takeshita to an enormous reaction from the crowd, but this continues backstage post-match as they brawl around like this is 1997 and we're watching Monday Night Raw. MJF and the Cinnabon Dawn are just throwing each other into boxes and walls and Irish whips to the floor. Uh, I thought this was a gas and not two guys that you would necessarily associate to be in this setting, setting up their feud this way. Uh, Renee does let us know at the end of this that we have a title eliminator match next week. MJF versus Takeshita on Dynamite next week. Holy moly, Zoobs. Uh, we're, of course, with, with the idiot stipulation of if Takeshita wins, he then may fight MJF for the title. Uh, but wow, easy to get excited for this matchup. Huge sick showcase for Takeshita. I think that that's great that they're like we talked, like we said when he was like talking about his match at the beginning, like just incredible the way that they're seeing this and like leaning into it as far as they possibly can, right? It's sort of like he gets over, he gets huge reactions. You put him with defending Danielson against the champion, like making sure that everything is on the level, like a a a good lawful like baby face that's doing the right thing and like in big spots to the biggest bully. And it's like, you know, maybe some people tune in because it's an MJF title defense that don't, don't normally tune in and they get to see right. how incredible Takeshita is next week. Like it's, it's brilliant. It's simple and brilliant. And I'm, I'm, it's going to own, like, it's going to be awesome. I really think this is a, a chance to be a really good match. I think it plays into um, MJF style really well. Cause it's like a man, how is he going to weasel his way through this? And like, yeah. he's going to find a way, but like, it's like, man, it's, it's such a tough on paper matchup for him. Like it's perfect. Right. The guy that, head games won't work and he's bigger than you and stronger than you and like has magnetism that you have and is doing it like effortlessly it's like man it's a, it actually is sneakily like a perfect matchup for him right now yeah i mean and even on top of that not that i don't echo and agree with that uh in full i do uh mjf tv title match does something for me too like that sure. feels uh event we haven't had one no, since it's title, title, with Ricky title, Starks, eliminator. title eliminator. oh right right Got myself fired up. Nonetheless, <laughs> do you think they should have uh, Takeshita pin MJF then and, and earn himself a chance at the title? Uh, maybe give him a visual one. I don't think it's time for yeah. MJF to be taking pinfalls. Yeah, ref bump. One, two, three. Yeah. Something happens. Yeah, Chicanery. I think that's about right. Malfeasance. Uh, hey, it's me. I was saying, finally, a match where Takeshita is going to lose on Dynamite. Yeah, no kidding. But the guy so far can eat a loss like a prime rock, prime Foley. Like it's the, the freight trains moving, wins and losses hardly matter. People want this guy. Yeah. Uh, and he, you get the win tonight, right? That's, that's the that's the value of a Brian Cage. Big Brian Cage. Been a losing streak himself, but it's been looking good in them. So, uh, you know, maybe that's just the pattern. Yeah. Now. We get to the cool kids. My friends, you know, we're group text, kind of, you know, not looking to not looking to flex too hard, but the mogul affiliates are getting a, a video package here. Parker Boudreaux, Swerve Strickland, and Zoobs, we learn the name of the tattooed gentleman who rounds out the squad. Uh, I was asked to predict his name on our, my mailbag episode, a spoiler alert if you haven't listened to that. I said his name would be Rex. Ooh, uh, close. So you do count this as close. This is, this is what I was going to wonder. As the man is revealed to be named Trench. I don't want to stretch. I don't want to be like, oh, I had it. I do feel like Trench and Rex are, I'd count that as I was close. I do too. You got the only vowel and you got the letter that comes before it. <laughs> got the only vowel. <laughs> what a thing to notice. Holy smokes. 
And you, you got the letter that comes before it too. I'm you've done that pretty, wheel of fortune grind. Pretty close. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Uh <laughs> more and more people are saying trench. Uh I'm impressed by the guy. Uh they're here because Swerve and Dustin are wrestling. Uh Dustin Rhodes, I should say, are wrestling on this Friday's rampage. That's just flatly gonna rock, right? For sure. Absolutely right. That that seems like a, a wonderful uh, matchup to to begin things. But oh sorry, that's next week on Dynamite. But Swerve says on the way, because Dustin has a famous father, he's gonna take out his aggression on another guy in that situation. Right. Brian Pillman Jr. They're coming for the uh they're coming for the uh Nepo babies, they said. I love that. I love that as an idea. Take all, <laughs> that's all the an second awesome generation. Thing to hunt in the company. That's, that's a cool thing to do. I like anyone that. given their spot, he can go for the they can go for the guns after. Yeah. Um, who else? There's other uh Nepos in AW, aren't there? Jungle Jack, we could they could pick out. Yeah, yeah, Jungle Jack would count. I mean, not second, not second generation wrestler, but he's second generation like famous person. That would count. It, it would work for the gimmick. Like it wouldn't seem yeah. like you were breaking uh what they were doing. Hook, you get to track Bro- down. Brock Hook. Anderson is, yeah, is back right. there. Like if you just needed the rampage match. Uh there's yeah. there it, it has legs. Like there's there's something to it. Yeah. Um, trench. Trench. Yeah. I Trench. love Swerve. Yeah. Trench rules. Parker Boudreaux rules. Swerve Strickland <laughs> rules. It's Mogul Affiliates. My friends. Hoodies My up. Group. Just four cool guys. And when Rick Ross is there, five. Was that, the, that was the, that was the, uh, that was the sign off, right? You said hoodies up. At the end? Yeah. Hoodies up. That's cool. I would love to throw a hoodie up with those guys. Just be like, okay, now. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah, a cool I, can't even do it. I can't even pantomime it without hitting my mic. That's how that's how far from cool grace I am from those guys. Mamma mia. Uh, I would love to see Swerve kill large adult son Brock Anderson. Yeah, that's, that's something there, right? Yeah, I think so. MJF is backstage, and he's paying Roosh to beat Brian next week. This is the, the playbook. Uh, he did this to Timothy Thatcher last week, and now he's saying, similarly to Roosh, I just need you to attack his arm. He's really setting up that he wants to tap Brian with the salt of the earth, uh, the arm bar, the, the belly down Russian. It does make me think he probably will end up doing that. Uh, because Timothy Thatcher did do quite the, the number on Brian's arm. If Roosh wants to continue that, that could be, you could even have Brian in a Mania 30 sort of way entering with the sling. Like he's entering that Iron Man working on one arm. In fact, as I say that aloud and sort of discover it on the show, I think that's probably exactly what's going to happen and a very Brian Danielson thing to do. Oh, I'm going to wrestle an hour with one arm. Yeah. And, uh, had shoulder tape on tonight. So I would guess has a little bit more shoulder tape on next week and then so on and so forth. Get a, a pilmaning with his arm on a chair or something. I'm, I'm, I'm on fire about this. I think this, there's a, uh, yeah, mm-hmm, there's something here. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. 49 and 0 Jade Cargill is out here to defend her TBS title for her 50th win against her. Is is Red Velvet her her main rival? I think so, right? Yeah, I guess you could say that. I was gonna say her main rival. I think that's right. Uh, Red Velvet. Her, yeah, the biggest the biggest past for her. I know rival is not the right word. Yeah, yeah, rival involves a rivalry. Although John Jones and DC have a rivalry, even though Jones beat them twice. There's like a rivalry there without DC beating them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, Zoobs, I am pleased to report that this is my favorite Jade Cargill match. Yeah, tons of fun. I thought this ripped. I was like, the matches on this show are so good. How the hell is a Jade Cargill match going to keep up? Well, via a lot of rehearsal, like there's cooperation in this match. These two have obviously worked this match before. 
Uh, but I thought tons of hard hitting stuff, the wheelbarrow suplex, the, the, it was just a lot to love in the, the chicanery and action and hard hittingness. I, I genuinely thought this wasn't, wasn't a highlight of the show because the wrestling was so good, but it didn't at all pump the brakes. I thought this was uh, a riot and would happily watch these two go a fourth time. Yeah. Picking her up and carrying her up the steps and then throwing her over the, over the, into the rope. I thought the ton of like, man, Jade looks huge, like a powerhouse, like every bit the defending champion at 50 wins. Like she didn't, you know what I mean? The, the, yeah, and oh, all the sure. misdirection, all the things going on, I thought like uh, really well executed to your point, like seemed like it was, um, they knew what they were doing and they knew where they were going. And it was like, there were some great displays and great moments. Jade looked dominant. I was very impressed. Yeah. I thought I, I'm with you. This was the best Jade's looked and uh, happy to sort of see the continued. We said it many times. She continues to get better and better. And then there was a little period in the last little bit where it was like, don't really know are we on the skids here? Is it just nothing is happening? And then a really strong, nice title defense for 50 that against against the main rival. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm in, in absolutely fit in on a very good show. Have to love that. Uh, Ashley Kutcher, I agree. The Jade powerlifting velvet up the stairs with the, the gorilla press was in picture in picture, which is like, come on, man. <laughs> That's yeah. such an awesome move. <laughs> yeah. We, we got it. We got to not go to it uh, there. Uh, but agree with the chat who seemed to uh, like this one a bunch uh, as well. Exciting stuff. Yeah. She's up saying she has no challengers now. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I, I think there's there's still lots. There's, yeah, Willow yeah. on the way. Or she, yeah, Willow's 0-2 with her, but that'd be a very babyface thing to go 3-0. Yeah, but Statlander's yeah. returning, a big Sheeta match I think people could easily get into. They can return to Deeb. They haven't done a hater title versus title thing. Britt hasn't been over there yet. She's probably going to exit these four. Soraya, there, there, there's lots of people I'd still... In fact, I've like almost avoided the big names with uh, Jade so far. Like I, I still think if they wanted to, there, there's plenty to ratchet up still. That's true, considering... You know, you, you think of it as a lack of challengers. It's, like she, it's true. She really hasn't taken on anybody other than to win it uh, over um, Ruby Soho. There really yeah. hasn't been a ton of like hard path situation. So we could, we could be getting there. We could be getting towards that, especially as her um, valet situation sort of continues to be in flux. See, Sapa is hoping that it's Statlander. I think that's sort of the consensus around this channel lately. Hey, Zoobs. I still think I'd prefer Willow to Statlander. Yeah, it's, um, it's hard. To, I have no idea how long, how far away we are from Stanley to being on the show. Yeah, that's even presuming she was ready now. But you're right. Who who knows where we're talking out of our asses one way or another. Sam Fell saying it's a mid-card title, though, right? The big names aren't supposed to face her. I mean, to some degree. I mean, like I was just saying earlier how I like that Orange Cassidy holding the All-Atlantic title like makes it feel more important. I think Jade's doing that with the TBS title. There's been moments in the main title run that I would argue Jade feels like it's the more important belt. It's like That stuff's in flux. Like I, I wouldn't say... The big name should never challenge for mid-card titles. Her beating somebody big would, would feel big too, I think. No question. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think like those are things that you could start selling some TV off of. Like Jade versus Brent Baker. Like that, I think that's a dynamite made event. And like the reason to tune in. Uh, you can get there. Quite on Gina Ju saying, I think it's better for everyone to make the bets of it, make the best of it rather than waiting to recapture the Statlander moment. Yeah, I agree. Like chasing that dragon, you, you got to make sure. Like Statlander can rebuild, and if you want to do like the return immediately, she's better than Jade. But I don't know. There's there are interesting stories to tell with an injury return too, and it doesn't have to be she's way better than before she left. Although I suppose there's interest in that too. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Kutcher agrees. Willow for me, but I love some Statlander. Yeah, absolutely agree. Two of my faves. What's up next here, Zeus? Getting we're getting down to the knit and grit. We absolutely are. We go backstage where uh, DMD and Hater are with the doctor. 
And Ruby Soho, the aforementioned Ruby Soho, walks in and uh, says, hey, uh, those two attacking you, it has it nothing to do with me. And, uh, you know, I sort of have a problem with them, too. But then Britt goes, hey, you've known them a lot longer than you've known us. Sort of furthering, we talked about this New York and outsider schism where, like, Jamie and Britt are actually, like, the hometown AEW defenders against the outside and that sort of being a cool dynamic. It seems like that is the vessel with which they are steering. And uh, that's exciting to me. I'm, yeah, I'm cool. into everything that's going on in this scene right now. And that's a very nice feeling relative to where it's been at other points in time. Yeah, it's a cool, neat direction that they, um, not that they've tiptoed around it on the other side, but like haven't laid as bare. I think yeah, if they yes. really lay it, if they really lay it bare here and 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 lean into this. Um, I think it could really win. I think, and they could be huge for, for for Jamie more than more than anything. But I think there's some opportunities for some major moments and sort of some galvanizing, um, division making moments where we like look back on it and being like, damn, that kicked off a huge, uh, era for this for this group. And it's so obvious to me that Jamie Hayter is just the right person at the right time for exactly what you're describing. Like she is the anchor with which to maneuver all of this around. I think she's that good. I just like when she's on screen, be it wrestling in like she's not a world-changing promo, but she she's enough and it's functional. And I love the matches and charisma to to spare. Uh just a big fan. Yeah. Good friend Jake can't wait to see Sheeta switch sides. Yeah, me too. Lots of interest in what Sheeta's doing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And that moves us to our main event. The TNT title is on the line as Darby Allen enters in a thumbtack jacket. Zoops, do you own one of these? A jacket with thumbtack? In case you got to run into someone and hurt them. A jacket didn't make with thumbtack. Didn't make the cut when we moved into the new place. Had to downsize some gear. Thumbtack jacket did not make it. You, you, but you did used to. For, of course, my 20s. Absolutely. When I was Darby's age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think this was. When Darby Allen just opened up this match here against Samoa Joe for that uh, belt as the one true king of television is out here to take on Darby Allen for the strap. He just rushes him, like sprints across the ring and jumps at him with the thumbtack jacket. And from this moment forward, I knew that I was going to love this match. Um, This was no holds barred, but like actual NHB. Darby Allen cuts the mat off of the uh, ring so it's exposed plywood. He goes on to eat a muscle buster on it later on. Uh, they bump through tables to the floor. Joe gets blood. Zoobs, this was hardcore. Do you agree, Zoobs, that Samoa Joe is sort of like an underrated hardcore wrestler? For sure. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I view him as sort of in that in that vein. Um, sort of in a similar way to, not to draw the like, but the, this like CM Punk is sort of like a sneaky hardcore wrestler. Not a sneaky hardcore wrestler, but like. I know, I agree with a, that too. Very much a part right. of his of his story and a part of who he is and a part of his skill set um yeah absolutely i think uh i think it's a great it's great for darby and it's great for joe um but for both of them it's sort of like it's a great natural fit they've been such a good natural pair and it was like um how can they do it different it's like actually play to both of their strengths like in in yeah. this style of match like it actually crazy it's crazy that they had regular matches before this um <laughs> The continued uh, appreciation, a continued appreciation for me for the company of just like you know when you get advertised, the main event is going to be Darby and Smojo in No Holds Barred. There's no fear of it not being Smojo versus Darby No Holds Barred. It and will they're, deliver. They're, they're both going a hundred percent. They're both giving it the best possible thing they can do. Like there's, there's no saving it for a pay-per-view there's no like that's really what is i think the land the hallmark of this company that i appreciate so much 
is you get these things and it's like they're going to give them to you and it's going to deliver it. It means a lot. It really does. And even on extension, we've talked at length about how highly we think of Darby Allen's TV wrestling and that he just understands a TV wrestling match and how to really fit a whole lot of living into 12, 13 minutes, including entrances. Uh, however, in this match, I thought that like there was an understanding of Samoa Joe in a really big way because we, we talked about earlier in the show how Mox and Hangman were the most obvious great opponents in our mind. Like, is our answers to keep it or kick it or whatever over the years? It probably didn't ever occur to us that they'd be great together. Whereas I think Darby and Samoa Joe are those guys. Where it's like, if you saw that pairing on paper, you would be like, yes. And you talk about this understanding of like, oh yeah, just let them do what they do best. And I just can't agree more with that. Knowing that Samoa Joe can still, I mean, both of these guys in their own way are explosive, I suppose, right? Like Darby Allen is somebody that will sprint in some ways figuratively and in many ways literally out of the ring for his uh, jump dive to the outside. But Joe is just able, especially with blood running down his face, to bring a gravity and a viciousness to a match that supersedes whatever he's doing. Like his aura and look in these mean environments, he fits in and is he's, you're fighting a shark in water. Samoa Joe has blood on him and everything looks rough and I'm here with the roughest guy around. Like only via being able to take damage, I'm Darby Allen. Do I even have a fighting chance? And I don't know how Joe, a guy who I've seen lose so much since 2004, still has retained this it is uh worth calling out and genuinely impressive to me and it just stood out to me in a massive way in tonight's main event which i fucking loved if that isn't clear i i thought this was uh i'll, I'll quote murray from flight of the concords here off the wall it was off the planet this main event i i absolutely loved it <laughs> the mind well said heat. well well said really beautiful bobby Rudo saying the whole thing rules agreed ashton Kutcher, i loved this match this was a match of the year level match for good friend Jake. And absolutely. And, and to say that on top of what was really an excellent wrestling episode, like I think you all four matches tonight were great. And I think you have an argument of match of the night between all of them, sort of like it's the main event for me, but Lord knows Mox hanger and how much I liked Thatcher. And uh, I, actually, I think Thatcher Bryan versus the main event sort of like tests my wrestling taste to the extreme in sort of ways. Like as a yeah, guy I was going to say that too for you. So like you're a, that, that those are your two absolute knockdown drag out things is really, it's a really interesting case study of like the two extremes. Yeah. I think people in rightfully show like viewers of this channel associate like my tastes with hard hitting, like Japanese, very like no sell, no sell, like lots of that stuff. Uh, but I think viewers of my, or listeners of my old podcast, like associate me way more with like deathmatch and hardcore. Because it was, I was just like, New York sucks. Things should be way more hardcore, like the stuff I like. And now AEW, like I actually get little tastes of everything. It's just interesting to see that uh, growth in my tastes over time. But yeah, when they collide, Atsushi Onida. That's when I like it best. <laughs> and that was Dynamite Zoobs. A strong seven for me. Did we? Did you ever go to the record on your score, Zoob? I seven. I seven it up as well. I okay, fantastic. Fun. I thought so, but yeah, uh, I wanted the big to make sure it was on the record. Yeah. And that will do it for the Dynamite review portion of tonight's episode of the AEW during a transition to the post-show show where Matt is going to tell us about his haunted office that he's living in. Stay tuned.